Hey there, and welcome to Twist Out Cancer's Midwest Region Spotlights. I'm Lindsay, and today I will be chatting with artist Kate Van Doren and her inspiration, Mary Jenkins. We'll talk about their involvement with Twist Out Cancer, how they became participants in the Brushes with Cancer program, how their connection unfolded and developed, and what they continue carrying with them from their experience together. Hi, I'm Kate Van Doren, and I am an artist and an art therapist. So I worked in oil paint as a professional artist. I'm a figurative painter, and I interview people in my professional practice as a painter. I interview people, primarily women, to help tell their stories. And I use oil paint, and I also am an art therapist, and I have a private practice separately, and I work with people to help them express themselves with their own art. Hello, my name is Mary Jenkins, and I am a two-time breast cancer survivor, as well as the founder of the Cancer Option Collaborative, affectionately called the COC, in which we provide emotional support and financial assistance to active treatment cancer patients. To help them succeed on their recovery, you know, we help them with their housing and utilities and things of that nature. Aside from those things, I've been in ministry for 30 years, as well as I'm the author of the book, Destined to Overcome, because I believe we all are, in fact, destined to overcome. It sounds like you two women are both very committed and involved in your own personal communities. And I would love to know more about your collaboration with each other. So Mary, to start, tell me how you found out about Twist Out Cancer and the Brushes with Cancer program. So I am a member of the Charitable Roundtable, which is a, it's a Zoom forum where people that are involved in the nonprofit space come together as well as people who support nonprofits come gather on a monthly basis. And yeah, we get to talk about our ups, our downs and things of that nature. And so one month, there was a gentleman that was attending the round table who shared that he was with Twist Out Cancer. I was like, who Who is that? I've never heard of them. (laughs) And so I sent him a message on Zoom private and said, hey, I would love to have a conversation with you. Here's my phone number. (laughs) And so he called me and when he shared with me about the organization as a whole and how the founder was a cancer survivor and because of what they went through, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm in love. And then he said, well, we have an opportunity for you to be part of our, I think it was our Midwest group for the brushes of cancer. And I was like, what is that? And he said, look into it. And when I looked into it, I said, I'm absolutely filling out the application. Because I've never had someone else share my story. And I thought that this is an opportunity of a lifetime. Okay. And Kate, how did you find out about the Twist Out Cancer Brushes with Cancer program? I started working with another woman. Her name is Marianne Duquette Cuozo, and she is a three-time breast cancer survivor. And I was working with her to help tell her story and paint her. I was working on two portraits of her. 
And when we were done working on the paintings together, um, she's also an incredible artist and just an inspiring, incredibly inspiring woman. We were talking about that we wanted her portraits to go to somewhere of need. And she had a friend and knew of a few people that were already involved in Twist Out Cancer. And so we were connected with Twist Out Cancer and became involved that year. So we were already doing the work and the mission, not knowing it that Brushes was doing. So we were in Brushes with Cancer. That was two years ago. And I fell in love with the program. I just was hooked. This Twist Out Cancer, the way that it connects people and helps heal and not just healing the people who are diagnosed with cancer, but it just opens you up in ways that you could not imagine. It's just such a beautiful program. I'm just so honored to be part of it. And the second year I applied and I asked Jenna, the director, the CEO, if I could, um, if she would be my inspiration. And she said, yes, which was wonderful because it was the 10 year anniversary. And this is my third year working. And I was paired with Mary, who, again, I, you know, it's both ways. I mean, Mary has just been such an incredible inspiration to me. Every time we meet, I, my heart grows a million percent. Mary's just such an incredible human. And I'm just so grateful to be part of the program and to know Mary and to know and really be able to watch the relationships grow between people is pretty incredible. And watching these small connections that happen, it's just really beautiful. So that's, that's how I became involved. Mary, I mean, when, when we first got on this call, you said, oh, this is how I always sound on a good day, a bad day, a great day. I'm going to bring a positive energy to every situation. So it sounds like that's definitely true, but I can only imagine what it was like for such a positive person to get the news that you have breast cancer and then to get that news twice, you said. Can you tell me a little bit about what you went through mentally, emotionally, on those two days and how those days were different from each other? Oh, well, I definitely can tell you. So the first time was in January of 2006. And there's like a whole story behind it because in, so I said, I've been in, I've been in ministry for like 30 years and I was in ministry school and I was studying about God's general. And these are people who were doing great work for the Lord and their level of inspiration and their faith and everything was, it just touched so many people. And I was like, I want to have faith like that. I'm trying to like have an incredible story that will move people, that will inspire people. So I wanted faith like that. Didn't realize that three months later, I would be wrestling with my son, Jerry, and he would accidentally elbow me in the chest. And when he did, it hurt to the point where a couple of days later, I went to the emergency room because I had this pain and it was like deep on the inside of my right breast. And so I went to the ER. The doctor said that he thought he could feel something, but was not sure. And because I was only 38 years old and, you know, it wasn't time for the mammogram at 40. So he suggested that I schedule a time to get a mammogram. The date was January the 10th of 2006. So I go and have this appointment to have a mammogram. And after the mammogram, the person didn't come in and say, hey, you know, we didn't find anything. So glad that they, it took them a while. And I was like, something's going on here. 
I wonder what. And so then the doctor finally came in to tell me that they did, in fact, see a mass. And it was embedded in, like right in the middle of my right breast. And I was like, okay, yes, so what does that mean? And he said, well, now we're going to do a, a biopsy. And I was like, well, wait, so we are talking that you think this might be cancer? And for me, because I didn't, I never saw people like me. So I'm an African-American. And I hadn't, you know, whenever I looked at the Susan G. Coleman Foundation or any of those places, it was always Caucasian. So I really didn't realize that Black folks got breast cancer. I mean, I hadn't seen anyone. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, I just, it just like it was awkward. And so the lab tech, you know, when they took the sample out and they put it in the solution, he said, I can tell you right now, it is definitely cancer. We just don't know, you know, what grade, what staging it is. So he told me I'd get my results back in a couple of days. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I can't do anything but wait. And so that was January the 10th. My results came back on January the 13th, 2006, and it just so happened to be Friday the 13th. <laughs> and so in my mind, I was like, really? I'm going to get the results on Friday the 13th. Um, <laughs> you know, cause it was like just, you know, because I was into horror movies and stuff like that. And, you know, everything Friday the 13th is not. It's bad. It's bad news and all that. And so when I got the results, I was like, okay, okay. And they called me right at noon. So here I am looking at my phone at high noon and I'm get the phone call to tell me that I have stage three, almost stage four, invasive ductal carcinoma, triple negative. And I was like, that's a whole lot. Because <laughs> I, I had no idea. I didn't know anything about cancer. And so just in that one moment to get that long title and just learning that, you know, stage three, almost stage four, what does that really mean? It was something. And I was like, okay, well, I went heavy on my faith. I reached out to my pastor, let my church know that I had been diagnosed with cancer. And, you know, people were crying. And I was like, but wait a minute. The scriptures say that by his stripes, I am healed. So even though the doctors say I have you know, been diagnosed with cancer because of the stripes that Jesus took, I'm healed. And so I'm going to walk like I'm healed. I'm going to operate like I'm healed no matter what. And that started a journey for me of intense faith. Did I get sick during chemo? I sure did. Did I lose my hair? I sure did. Did I have the aches, the pains? I sure did. But in the midst of it all, I was steady saying, okay, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So that means that something good has to happen. Okay, by his stripes, I'm healed. Therefore, my body has to line up. Okay, I will live and not die and declare the work. So I'm going to be the voice. And then I got Revelation 12, 11 that says we'll overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And for me, you know, I had the blood of the lamb and I now here it is. I have a testimony. So that means I get to help somebody else overcome. And I didn't know what that meant until I got laid off from my job. So while I was going through chemotherapy, I get laid off work. You know, my employer wanted me to focus on recovering, and I thought that was a good thing. But it didn't dawn on me that there wasn't a place out there that I could go to for financial assistance when the time came. So here I am, single parent, three boys, battling stage three, almost stage four breast cancer, I get laid off work. I go through my savings while I'm, you know, trying to live. And I have bills to pay. You know, I 
I, I was at then I was learning about the Susan B. Coleman Foundation and all the great things like, oh, so when I needed financial assistance, I reached out to the Coleman Foundation because they were breast cancer and I had breast cancer. So we could breast cancer together. Help, they could, I could get help. And that was when I learned that of the millions of dollars that are raised by that organization, none of it was used in the way in which I needed. And that set off a whole new thing. I reached out to the American Cancer Society. I mean, there were so many organizations. And then there were ones that would say, oh, we could help you, but you have to you have to be at this income level and you have to live in this city. And the most we can help you with is this amount. And it was never enough. Like if my my rent at the time was $1,750, so $1,750 a month. And here there was a place that was offering $500. That wasn't going to help me. And I needed $1,750. And so since I couldn't find the help that I needed, I turned to my church to have a heated conversation with the Lord about the fact that I was getting ready to become homeless because I was battling cancer. And here I was trusting, and it didn't make sense. And fortunately, the leadership at my church overheard, and they were like, hold on, MJ, what's going on? And I explained it, and they said that they didn't help me. So the church offered to pay my bills for the rest of the time that I was in treatment. And I thought, that's a blessing for me, but what about everybody else? Who's going to help them? They need help too. Somebody's got to be the voice for the people. And my pastor said, you're right, Mary, somebody does. And I was like, you're right, pastor. Mm-hmm, somebody. Because <laughs> I didn't want to <laughs> realize it. it was becoming me. And so it became me. And so going through treatment and everything, I was still encouraging other people, I, you know, because I would tell people where money was and wasn't going and people would give me money. And then I'd go to my chemo treatment and I would hear the struggles of other people. And I would go to them and give them a hug and tell them, my name is Mary Jenkins. And I just want you to know that God loves you and would reach in my purse and just pull out some money and just give it to him <laughs> and then walk away. And it was like, I was like, I could do this for the rest of my life, not realizing <laughs> that, you know, that you would be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, it has become my thing. And then even when I had my second cancer battle, so it wasn't metastatic cancer. It was actually a whole completely different strain. I did, I, I did aggressive treatment. And as a result, it caused me to have, have damage to both hands, both feet, both legs. Um, and I ended up having heart failure. So they were con concerned about, was I going to make it? And here in you know, 2022, a couple months ago, I started having difficulty breathing. I was like, well, I know I don't have COVID because I don't have time in my schedule to have COVID. So I said, it's got to be something else. And in going to the, to the heart doctor, we found out that my heart has gotten weaker and I am back in heart failure today. Mm. Wow. So it's also not just the cancer that really you're dealing with. It's everything, all the spirals out from that. They're good ones like the organization you are a part of and leading and challenging ones like heart failure. So how do you face all of this and, and what helps you? Who are your supports in your life? I am a big, big, big faith person. Like, really, really big. And so I get the awesome privilege of being surrounded by my church family. And well, before, before my church family is my, my family. So my son, Edwin, my son, Joseph, my son, Jerry, my daughter-in-love, Candace, and my grandson, Shine, 
Jude, who is three years old. <laughs> and so they are always there. And then I have good friends that are like, we're learning how to walk by faith by watching you because it's challenging them with how they live their life. Because they're like, if you can be in the position that you're in and you still got a smile on your face every day. And, you know, even when you are in the hospital, you, you, you take pictures all the time and people see you in your, your worst moments, but yet you still encourage other people. So my support system is my family and my close friends and my church family, but in them wanting to support me because of my faith level, I become an inspiration to them. And they're like, we just, we don't know what to do with you, Mary. I'm like, love me. Just love me. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. Kate. You have done the Brushes with Cancer program three times. So what is it that you have learned from each of your three inspirations? And what is it that is inspiring the piece that you're working on for Mary? Well, Mary is a perfect example of how to thrive through adversity and huge challenges and things that feel merely impossible. And a theme that I see throughout with people who have cancer is that part of them, if they do survive and they, they are warriors, that part of them completely has to die. And by doing this, they are reborn into the same person, but different, stronger. There's a quiet, beautiful strength that happens. And it is a process that I, I am not a survivor. I have worked with for many, many years with people who have, who have cancer and hospice. And I lost my best friend to cancer when she and I were 18. And so at a very early age, I have watched people go through cancer and people that I love. And although it is so painful, especially when we, we lose people to this horrible disease, is that there is always good. And it's funny because working with Mary, she, she says, she says, all things work for good. And working with people who have cancer, I see that again and again, that their hardships and the amount of just sadness and the things that they have to endure, they are stronger for it. And when we lose people that that we love to cancer, their legacy is left and their strength is left and it changes the people around them. And so, you know, I think that there's there's always a purpose here. And that's something that Mary, uh, we talk about a lot. And I listen to Mary talk about a lot. Well, Mary, since this is your first time, what has this experience been like for you to collaborate with an artist? And is it what you were expecting? And how is it different from what you were expecting? It's, it's funny you ask this question. The very first time that Kate and I actually spoke, I cried. And, oh, I feel myself getting emotional. Oh, my goodness. You know, Kate, you already know what that means. <laughs> um, it was such an honor to know that someone else was going to tell my story. You know, I travel across the country and I have the chance of, of telling my story myself. But to have someone else hear my story and then communicate or create something that will connect to me on such a personal level, that 
touched the depth of my soul because that's never happened before. And it was like, wow. And so, you know, I'm used to telling people from the stage, speaking it through the one-way conversation. But with Kate, it's like we connected. Kate and I talk as if we've known each other for years <laughs> because it's it's such a amazing, beautiful connection. I didn't know what to expect. I knew that it was going to be someone that was going to, you know, create an artwork. But I didn't realize that I also was going to gain a sister. And that's how I feel about Kate. She's more than just the artist. She is part of who I am. And I hope that there's something in me that she remembers long after this because she is more than an artist. She is part of my family. Wow. Kate, what is it like to hear how much your working together has impacted Mary? Well, I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it's, I think it's also, you know, it's, this process brings people together quickly and beautifully when your heart is open. Um, and, you know, I knew when I met Mary the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, I just love this woman. <laughs> um, and every chance I get to talk with her, it's, it is, it's, it is such a, an incredible connection. And I think when you meet someone who changes you, you just immediately, you just have so much gratitude. And I, I, I think that gratitude is something that when you're with someone who's been through so much and they are able to give you space to talk together and to talk with, that's pretty incredible. Um, and I also, I know how busy Mary is. I mean, Mary is so busy. So every time we talk, it's a gift. It really is. I'm just so grateful for her open heart, for your open heart, Mary, <laughs> because not everyone is, you know, life can beat you down and it can be really, really hard. And the fact that Mary's so open about her life, it helps other people heal. That's one thing Jenna said last year and what she said throughout the program is that when you share, the world opens up. And that's something that I truly believe to be true. And Mary is very good at opening up and helping people see the good in all situations. And uh, you can never feel sorry for yourself when you're with Mary because she, <laughs> no matter what's going on, she will see the good. It's pretty incredible. What would you say to someone who is living with cancer who might be considering joining this program or applying to participate? Do it. <laughs> Do it. You People don't know what they don't know. And to have the opportunity for someone else to truly communicate your story is an absolute blessing. And I would highly recommend the program to anyone, anyone. 100% as an artist, I don't think people realize how beneficial it is for artists as well. It's incredibly healing and, you know, Humans are creatures that need connection, and this program connects in a way that 
I think in our society, we have, have lost a lot of, and it's unlike anything I've ever experienced. And you really learn as an artist, I have really learned a lot about myself and reflected on my own life and working with people and the hardships that they've gone through. It's just incredible. It's like um, the epitome of art therapy. <laughs> for the artists and for the inspirations. 